Welcome to this week's shortened episode of the Rising as One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here with Aaron Blau. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing fantastic, although we had a little bit of a disappointing result that we're going to be discussing. We're seeing some really entertaining ball on the pitch, so uh, really good weekend going on. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you might hear my dogs chomping at the bit in the background. Uh, they're having their dinner a little early, um, but just go with that. That's a, a fun look at how things are going in my place. Yeah, this was an interesting weekend for two teams in Arizona. Not only did we play, but FC Tucson got their League One season started, and they became the first professional team in Arizona to get a win this season with a 3-1 win over Orlando City B. We will discuss that one towards the end, but for now, let's get to Phoenix Rising versus Colorado Springs. Aaron, take us through our starting 11. Sure. So what we pick up in, as far as our starting 11 is we have uh, Carl Wazinski as our starting goalkeeper, Blackman uh, as a wing back, and, and that's a little bit of a change in position because Blackman is typically a center back. Uh, Dia opposite him in a wing back position. And then Farrell and A.J. Cochran finally showing up together on the field again after playing together most of the preseason. And I don't know about you, but I like this center back pairing. What were your thoughts? I've been missing them, to be honest with you. I, I, uh, we've really sort of been playing games with these center backs where we had a really good pairing in Farrell and Cochran for a lot of the preseason. Uh, in, instead... We got this weird combination for the first match. The second match, a little bit sl more solid. Uh, but to have two guys who have played together who have had a chance to communicate and learn each other a little bit better, really, I, I felt much more comfortable for the majority of the match. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think, I think their goals were more a product of a little bit of bad luck than really horrific defensive mistakes in this match. Uh, but let's, let's go to the rest of our starting eleven. So we were then playing essentially almost like a dual, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, a dual defensive midfielder role with uh, James Musa and Javier Perez uh, playing uh, more of that defensive midfielder. Uh, on the wings, we had Johnson uh, and Asante. And then we we're playing pretty much two up front with Adam John and the brand new addition, John Baccaro. Yeah, interesting to see him as part of the starting 11 and to see where, where he was on the pitch. Um, he is a guy that comes from Toronto having experience playing forward. He was listed as a midfielder when Rising made its official announcement. So I think he's a guy that can play it both ways, uh, brings a little bit of diversity in attack, which is something we like. And, you know, I just have to uh, talk about three standouts of this match. Vaquero Musa and Javier Perez were looking so much better distributing the ball, moving it forward. We had a clean passing attack for large stretches of this match. There were some bad passes here and there, but I think it was much improved from the first two matches this season. I completely agree. Uh, we saw Javier Perez uh, put into the role of a defensive midfielder, which is really Moose's role. I mean, that that's his spot. Uh, and for some reason, in, in one of the previous games, Perez uh, put in that Musa role. Uh, did not play very well, was, was not very impressive in that area. Here with Musa backing him up as the true uh, center defensive midfielder, 
uh, Perez really shined in, able, in, in being able to move that ball through. And, of course, Baccaro just had uh, some really, uh, really great touches, including that uh, re- absolutely ridiculous long splitting the uh, split long pass that split defenders for Asante to give him a heck of a scoring chance. Definitely. Um, who did you say had that amazing pass? Uh, Bacero actually made that pass. Oh my gosh! That- yeah, that was that was beautiful. I mean, that's the kind of pass maybe you'd see Asante pull off, but he was on the receiving end, which is uh, a little bit of a reversal of what you usually see. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the really interesting things uh, that our listeners can do is it, if you want to really get into the nitty gritty of formation and whatnot, please make sure you check out firebirdsoccer.net uh, and check out Joseph Lowry's Rising Tactics recap. Uh, really, he pointed out that, that Phoenix Rising had, was moved, has moved from a 4-1-4-1 formation uh, to much more of a 4-2-3-1, kind of like a 4-4-2 shape. It, the, the shape is, was very, very different than what we're used to seeing. And I think having that match of John Beccaro with Adam John uh, has really, uh, really allows for that and allowed us to see movement of the ball that we're not used to seeing. Our, Phoenix Rising was not a strong team in possession last season. We, we were almost last in terms of total passes made. But... The one thing that I really noticed in this match uh, from the field level is they played a lot of ticky-tacky football. Uh, they, they were really uh, little touches, little touches, little touches, little touches, and moving the ball. Uh, it was really impressive to see. It was really attractive football, in my opinion. Absolutely agree. Um, I mean, you look at the possession, 63-37. to 37. We have the 63% possession. That's not something that you see rising do very often at all that might be the biggest possession split in our favor going back way into last year i don't even know if we had a match like that last year passes 486 to 298 we crushed them in the number of passes completed and again that's something very unusual to see for us um so really liking that it looks like this passing tiki taka approach it's starting to click uh but that being said let's let's turn to the match itself yeah, so uh, I think the first 10 minutes or so was a real major feeling out period. And then the, then things really changed because it, it seemed like they, they started to connect. And that's where the tiki-taka really started to kick in, where, where we were just getting some not really amazing ball movement uh, from each side. We were having some great passes, great switches. Uh, and we really felt totally in control of the match, like completely and utterly in control of the match uh, <clears throat> with the, the first major um, the first major chance to uh, to score happened on a, on a Jason Johnson uh, where he picks up the ball on the left uh, on the left side is able to dri- dribble through space and puts a great ball up that rings off of the bar uh, in the 18th minute and that just a absolutely gorgeous shot. I think that goes in nine times out of ten. Really felt felt like, oh man, if we we're going to have more chances at this, and if we do, this game is going to get out of hand. It's going to be another four to nothing match like we had last time uh, we hosted them at Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex, now Casino Arizona Field. Oh yeah, for sure. And even before that that shot that pinged off the crossbar, 
Asante had a chance in the 10th minute where he got some space on the right side and he blasted it low. And uh, Abraham Rodriguez did very well to save that one too. So right off the bat, we were going for it. We were going for goal. Um, Abraham Rodriguez, this guy is a 16-year-old keeper for Colorado Springs, making his professional debut. Uh, he's in the Rapids Academy. And I'll tell you, I was talking to the uh, Colorado Springs guy in the midweek last week, and he messaged me when that match started, ah, can I undo my prediction after seeing Abraham Rodriguez as their starting goalie? Well, he already made two huge saves to deny us. Um, and then in the 27th minute, I believe, there was another double opportunity where we were denied. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the kid is the star of the week. He's what everybody's going to want to talk about. And I hope we never hear his name again uh, because uh, it, it, he really uh, put on a hell of a show. I think I muted myself there. I definitely don't think I definitely think that I, I do not want to hear uh, this Rodriguez name uh, again. Um, so much the so kid, that you muted yourself so you wouldn't have to uh, make the audience hear it. <laughs> yeah, so that no, nobody else would have to hear his name. Uh, look, there, you know, there's a certain level of adrenaline that happens, there's a certain level of craziness with your first professional game. He's on an academy contract, not even a pro con uh, professional contract. Um, so he had a lot, a lot of adrenaline and made that five foot nine frame of his look about ten foot, ten foot two. Uh, he played a really good, uh, a really good match. I think that there was a, definitely a couple times where we could have played him a little bit better. I think he got some help from the crossbar. But look, the guy is the, the talk of the town. He's the toast of the town. He made uh, made team of the week. The Rapids Academy is tweeting out all kinds of stuff about him. They're going to use him for recruiting uh, like crazy. And, uh, and you know, all credit to him. Uh, and I hope I don't see him again. Uh, yeah, you're, uh, you're definitely not the only one there. Um, well, we are knocking on their door. And then in the 26th minute, they get a goal that goes completely against the run of play. Um, you know, they have a little bit of sustained possession in our in our attacking area and we are not quite able to get a clearance um i don't know who had the original shot on this play but then the uh original shot gets blocked i believe by joe farrell and unfortunately the ball bounces perfectly for jordan burt running on the back of it and it's one nil he was not offsides yeah i have it up on my screen right now too and the defense is not bad everybody's marked well Joe's playing him well. Uh, Wazinski's in the right position. Um, and essentially what happens is the ball go, ball gets past Farrell. Um, it, go, it gets deflected by, uh, by A.J. Cochran. Uh, the ball bounces out, bounces around, bounces around, and Bird is just first to the ball. Now, the commentators on the broadcast did say, hey, maybe Dio was a little bit slow on that. Uh, Dio was on the out was on Burt's outside instead of being on Burt's inside. I really I, I can't chalk this up to a bad defensive uh, defensive line because ultimately when the ball ricochets and it's bouncing around there, nobody knows where it's going to go. Uh, it's just one of those things that happen. And here we have Jordan Burt, the devil of Colorado Springs, uh, as the result of his actions uh, against uh, Zach Lubin last season. 
the devil uh, is in the details, and Burke puts the ball in the back of the net off of these rebounds. Yeah, really, really tough to see. Uh, moments later, we had that double chance where uh, A.J. Cochran got a good header that was saved by uh, Rodriguez. In my opinion, the better of the two saves, but the ball still goes to Asante, who takes a great touch and then blasts it. He's expecting the goalie to still be on the ground, but instead uh, that kid Rodriguez gets up, stands tall, strong hands, and he makes the play, and they're able to clear. Um, so another really good double chance. Um, a few minutes later, we get another one where Asante's one-on-one, and again, uh, just another great save where uh, Rodriguez is able to get a leg on it and direct it over the crossbar for a corner kick. So at this point, it's just ridiculous. We're thinking, what do we have to do to score? That, that's really what I'm thinking. I, I'm looking at it, I'm going, you know, we have everything going our way. All the possession is, is great. The ball seems glued to our feet. Um, but, we're, but it's just the tiny little finishing details uh, that aren't going our way. And you're going against a 16-year-old kid who's five foot nine. Uh, you know, if, if, if I thought that I could be a, a professional keeper at five foot nine, maybe I would have kept playing. But I didn't. I became an accountant. <laughs> hey, it's um, never too late to pursue the dream. But uh... that's, that's the truth. That's the now with small goal soccer. This message sponsored, <laughs> not small, actually not sponsored by small goal soccer. But um, if you want to wet the beak, small goal soccer, let us know. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, so 44th minute. We finally get that equalizer, and sure enough, it's John Baccaro, the new guy in town. He puts in a good cross. Joe Farrell telling Rick, basically telling Rick Schantz with his head, why have you been benching me, man? Put me in, and I'm going to score goals. He, uh, now, he has a well, well-taken header from distance, and he just floats it into that corner to equalize. Uh, I had Farrell as my man of the match. Uh, I knew that he was going to start in my heart of hearts. I knew that they were going to start him, uh, even though we haven't, haven't seen him on the field yet. Uh, I knew that Coach would not leave him off of the field against Colorado Springs, where he scored two of his four goals from the 2018 season. Uh, and he did not disappoint. He played a good match, uh, played, played, uh, played good defense, good communicative play, um, a little bit rusty maybe on, on uh, some of his backline passing as, as they were switching fields here or there, uh, but put in a great header, played a great game, and it was good to see him out there. And, boy, he's a really humble guy. As we went through the um, talking about what was going on with the team in, in the post, post-game scrum, uh, he's really all about the team, didn't really care, not a lick about his own goal, um, just wanted us to get three points. And, uh uh, really was was very, very bummed out, very depressed about uh, how the game actually finished. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we got into halftime at 1-1, and then we start the second half. It's very back and forth these first 15 minutes. Usually you see teams kind of settle into the second half, but this time it's back and forth stuff. Carl Wazinski has to make a save or two. Um, Rodriguez has to make a save or two, and then in the 58th minute, Asante gives Adam John a really great pass that kind of splits two defenders. He splits four it. defenders. Four oh. defenders. It, it went through. All right, sorry, had, sorry, Sullivan. That yeah, was he amazing. Had, he had two defenders who were who kind of, uh, kind of were splitting him, 
and finds John in the middle of two other defenders. I mean, just a, an incredible feed. And John, you know, you could say that he makes a mess of it or not. I don't know. I mean, he, he sort of tries to give it a little, uh, maybe like a Paneka kind of, a, just a little bit of a chip to go over the guy's head, uh, trying to take advantage of the fact that the kid's short. Um, it's, again, it's another one of those where nine times out of ten, that ball's going in the net. And when it didn't, it's just like, what is going on tonight? But it was exciting. Yes, definitely exciting stuff. Um, so we get into the last 30 minutes of this match. Um, and then there's, we start seeing substitutions. 66-minute Jason Johnson comes off for Flemings. Um, I thought that Johnson was playing very well this match, but... Flemings is a guy that can bring fresh legs and a great attitude. Um, so hard to fault it too much. Um, Colorado makes a substitution in the 69th minute. Cesar Romero, who made the winning goal for them last weekend, came on. Um, then in the 75th, Javier Perez comes off. Kavon Lambert gets a little cameo. So both the Jamaican national team guys come on late as subs, as many were predicting. Um, and then, you know, still some great action and finally, we get a huge penalty kick. Uh, talk about this play. Yeah, you know, the, so the ball comes in to cross um, to, as it's coming in to cross into John, uh, the defensive player, and I can't remember who the player was. Jamal Jack. Uh, Jamal, Jamal Jack. Jamal Jack decides he, he to ride. He just leveled the guy. Ha, decides to ride him really hard. And as John is coming down um, uh, to... to to use his head on a low on a ball that's a bit lower, Jack just rams his his elbow right in the right in the back of back his his head, and I had this uh, it, on multi frame uh, on my camera, and boy, it looks painful. If you want to see pictures of it, uh, you head over to Firebird Soccer and uh, check out the the photo galleries, and you can see it hurts, man. It hurt from the the the, the split second that I caught that shot, and I. To be honest with you, I can't believe that he got up and and uh, got to keep playing in that ma- in in the match. Um, we weren't out of substitutions at that point. I would have thought that that he should have gotten pulled for fear of concussion issues. But hey, I'm not a trainer. I'm just a guy who's, who stands on the sidelines and watches what's going on going on. Um, this was obviously an easy penalty. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew that he was going to go ahead and point to the spot. Uh, everybody knew that Solomon Asante was going to be stepping to that spot, and the goalkeeper absolutely knew exactly where Asante was going to put that ball also. You know, some talk about him coming off his line, but that never gets called, uh, so I don't think you can really complain about that too much. I've seen much more egregious examples than that. Um, But anyways, he goes up, and, you know, good save by Rodriguez. I wonder if John didn't go down so hard if he would have claimed the penalty kick since he earned it. Um, interesting fodder for another day, but instead Asante is the hot man, and uh, this time he gets denied. And now we're thinking, what is what is this? This is just ridiculous. Well, I, I, you know, going back to that, I think that there's some discussion also about, you know, how can there be no card there? How can there be no card uh, you know, it's essentially a two, two on one. That's a, it's a violent, it's a dangerous play in the box. 
definitely deserved uh, a little bit more recognition than just a spot call. But, you know, Jamal Jack would have kept playing even with a yellow. So it, I don't think that it was red worthy, but it was a little off for me anyway. Yeah, so frustrating to not see any card come out for that. Um, but then... You know, and an interesting stat, uh, there was only one card the entire match. This is actually a series in our in our Firebird Soccer preview. Uh, this is actually, uh, it was noted that there's actually been quite a lot of cards in this series. There was only one card the entire night, and it was to Adam John, and that was it. Uh, in the uh, 41st. So, you know, in terms of discipline, it was a very, I, I didn't feel that it was a very violent match uh, that required a lot of control by the, by the center official, uh, Greg Dobka. Um, but it also, maybe he was just, he just didn't like to give out cards that night. I don't know. Yeah. Um, interesting. I mean, it thankfully wasn't as physical as it could have been, but that one deserved a card and we didn't see one so uh a few more chances for us and it's starting to look like it might just not be our night um colorado springs makes a substitution in the 86th minute and you know both sides i mean really we're shooting for the win and they're just trying to hang on for a draw and then five minutes left to go 86 minute um just a picture perfect ball from solomon asante to adam john um absolutely on a dime and then John, full stretch header, puts it into the bottom corner. They go up 2-1. Crowd's going nuts. This is looking like a goal of the week, potentially. Um, and at that point, you're like, yes, there is justice in the world. This has to be a win. Yeah, one of my, one of my fellow photographers actually caught, caught some pictures uh, of John at a different angle that I was at. And uh, from the second that John like hit the ground after the head... He's, his smile was like, you know, as bright as, as the lights. I mean, he knew it was going in right away. Um, he was really happy. Uh, and uh, just a hugely, hugely exciting play uh, in that case. And here is an example. And I never want, not, don't want to talk, talk poorly about uh, the, the dearly departed. There, I don't think there's any way Chris Cortez makes that play at yeah. all. Uh, that that's what, one of the first things I said afterwards. I said I don't think Cortez makes that play. Um, I don't think that he, he lays out like that. John lays out, jumps into uh, jumps into into the Bandidos. Uh, now, in, on a term that I call the uh, that I've coined the Salt River Jump. Um, somebody else uh, said the Casino Arizona Climb. So we'll see what announcer. Uh, Devin Kerr, uh, maybe listening to our podcast and, and might take that and run with it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I like that you're planting Tyler those Terrence. seeds. Tyler Terrence. <laughs> I know you hear me. <laughs> so um, all, all is well. We're into stoppage time. Um, in just moments into stoppage time, A.J. Cochran commits a foul, which was it a huge foul? I don't know. Cesar Romero, the newcomer, gets this foul in a dangerous spot, but you're still thinking it's a tough angle. Maybe they'll cross it in. What's really going to happen here? This is going to be tough. Yeah, I, I mean that. It wasn't. It. It's a foul. I mean, I. I, I don't deny that it's a foul. I think that. Um, 
if anything, this is this was on Waz. I think Waz could have played that way better. Um, I don't. It could have played it more aggressively. There was whether it was communication or, or what the deal was, but I've never heard gas leave a stadium quite as quickly as I did in in this particular case. And we knew that there was like no time left at all. And uh, even as I'm as, as I'm watching a little bit of of the ending replay, uh, as the broadcast or as the gate whistle was blown, Rick Chance puts up to the center official three fingers. He said, you're supposed to have three minutes of extra time. It was maybe a minute and a half of extra time. Uh, and there, and uh, we're, we're toast. And here we are, a third straight draw, three points in three games, uh, when we are clearly the, the most talented team in the Southwest anyway. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's up for debate the way New Mexico has been playing. They're on nine points now from five matches. I mean, you can feel differently, but the numbers don't lie, and the numbers say that they have six more points than us right now. Um, if you're going to look at stats from this match, the numbers say that we were really unlucky not to win. Uh, 13 shots on target, 32 shots total for us, which is just, again, insane. We already talked about the shots. Uh, we already talked about the possession, the number of passes. Pass accuracy, we won 83 to 74%. Um, they actually had nine of their 15 shots on target, so Carl Wazinski made a couple good saves in this match too, which will be overshadowed by all the controversy and drama at the end. But Carl had a great game, um, and it's a shame that it wasn't enough to get the win. Um, but Yeah, Jeremy Barron, who's a, um, at JB, JB Barron, and I were standing together on the sideline, and he, he tells me, hey, you know, we're at like 29 shots right now. It just bl absolutely blew me away uh, <clears throat> how many opportunities we had. So, you know, in my opinion, just like what you said, it's just a really unlucky match. There was just something about the night. I think that there's something about when, when these teams are coming into our stadium uh, that they're playing to our level. I disagree with one of our fellow uh, uh, fellow fan media folks who intimated that maybe we're playing down to other people's level and, and underperforming. I don't think that that's the case. I think we performed really, really well. I just think we didn't catch a break. We, we did not have luck at all. Uh, two bad posters, a couple point-blank shots. Uh, um, Perez had a, had a point-blank shot that was missed. Solomon Asante had two that he could have won, one off of. I mean, this game could have been six to nothing, without a lot of trouble. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was definitely their night and not our night. Um, and I, I want to distinguish that because I think in the New Mexico match there were much larger defensive lapses, and the draw truly was a fair result in that match. This night we were clearly the superior team, and. Uh, you know, they just had a keeper that, you know, was stronger than any wall that Trump is considering. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> uh, and I think, you know, I think there's good things for us in the future. I think this is our starting lineup, to, to be honest with you. I, I really like, like this starting lineup. Uh, I like Johnson. I actually do like Johnson over Flemings. Uh, I think I'm probably going to be in the minority of that. But I watched... Uh, him a lot because he was on this he played in the first half he played on the side that I stood on 
So I watched him quite a lot, and he just works and works and works and works. Um, and, and not to say that Fleming's doesn't, but uh, Johnson has a little bit more of that senior leadership, and he is by no by no means any slower than any player out there. Uh, he he's a, a hard hard worker. So I, I'd like to see Johnson get that starting role and, and maintain it. Yeah, I, I love that he got the start this week, um, and that would have been quite the highlight goal had it not cruelly bounced off the bar. Um, but speaking of teams that come into our building and play at a high level, our next opponent this upcoming Saturday is Fresno FC, a team with five points from three matches, uh, an away draw against New Mexico, and an away win at RGB. So they have no trouble getting points on the road this season. Four of their five have come on the road, in fact. Um, they haven't, I mean, they've really just played solid, you know, even a draw against Reno is a decent result. And so again, it's frustrating to see it, but this looks like another team that's in form. They have a week off before this match. And so it looks on paper like a dogfight. Yeah, I think they're going to be coming in, uh, all guns blazing. Uh, they of course have a, a great senior, senior leader in their captain, uh, Juan Pablo Caffa. Uh, he great player. They've had some really great play from their forward, uh, Aaron, uh, Belus- Aaron Belusevich, uh, who <clears throat> has a brace in an earlier match. I will say, however, in watching the preview of their recent match against Reno, uh, I did not find that they were the better team in that match. Uh, <clears throat> the goal that was scored was actually scored off of a defender, off of a deflection on the clear. So, We'll see how they come in. It's always interesting when a team when a team comes in and plays off of a bye week, and and whether or not that they're able to rise to the occasion, especially on a bye week plus travel. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, I will say to our banditos and our Red Fury listeners, give Christian Cheney hell. Uh, the guy seems like a bit of a head case. Um, he complains a lot. He talks to the ref a lot. The ref talks to him a lot. Uh, he got a yellow just because he wouldn't shut his mouth uh, in the last match. And I think that our supporters are going to have an opportunity to get under his skin just a little bit. Absolutely. That could be fun to see. Um, the guys that you do not want to inspire with chance are Jamal Johnson, who scored in double figures for them last season, and Juan Pablo Caffa, who can score on any sort of free kick, as we saw last year against us. Um Jackson is also a threat in the attack, as is Bazuljevic, uh, who scored two against RGV. Yeah, so it's going to be so that'll be a nice home match for us, uh, and, and uh, another shot before we have a, a short away break. Well, it's really only, um, yeah, it's like what, like a week and a half off or something from home matches uh, before we travel to El Paso and to Austin. Yeah, it'll be a test, but do you think we're going to get the win this week? I feel like this is the week we break through and get the job done. I think uh, we're going to take out a lot of frustrations on these guys. I'm a, a little bit af- afraid of what those kind, what those frustrations actually may be. Uh, but I don't think we've noticed any discipline issues uh, with with our guys here so far, especially with the last starting uh, starting eleven that we had. We don't have guys that spend a lot of spend a lot of the game talking. 
or arguing with referees or anything like that. So uh, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape from a mental standpoint. And I think uh, having both John and Baccaro taking a leadership role in that area, uh, as well as Asante as the captain, I think we're going to be able to come into it calmly, coolly, and just basically systematically destroy the Fresno Foxes. Do you have a score prediction? 6-2. Wow. No, um, I, I can't be I can't <laughs> be serious about that. It's not April Fools today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I it, it should be another multi-score game. It should be a 3-1 match. Boy, that feels like a right number. Um, I'm going to say 4-2. I think this one gets real interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, in other calendar stuff uh, that we have going on, uh, do want to mention that uh, FC Tucson has been playing some decent, uh, has started their season. Uh, if you want to check out some coverage of FC Tucson, always please make sure to check out FirebirdSoccer.net. We actually have a beat writer, Stephen Hernandez, who's actually covering that. And then uh, Mark Murray is our League One expert as well. And, and Mark Murray is part of the League One. Uh, pod that's going to be covering all of the, all of the League One matches as well. So, Firebird Soccer Rising is one uh, the Rising is one family really trying to take a, a major league and uh, a major lead in promoting League One soccer, uh, not just here in Arizona down in Tucson, but also nationwide with with Mark and Steven's contributions. Yeah, and uh, you know, exciting to talk about FC Tucson because. On Saturday, they started their season on the road in Orlando, and they get a big 3-1 win on the road in their first-ever match. Uh, really cool to see a team from Arizona get the win. Um, Guillermo Delgado scores the first goal in, in FC Tucson's professional history, um, and then they make it 2-0 when um, Zach Wright scores, and then it looks like Orlando City pulled one back. But then Delgado made it a brace in the 54th minute, and Tucson was able to ride that 3-1 to victory. Um, they play again tomorrow. Yeah, and in terms of this match, uh, they were helped out by a red card in the 44th minute. Um, always makes life a little bit easier when you're playing against less players. But good to get those first three points in the first ever game. FC Tucson has a hard road to hoe. Uh, literally, they're going to put on thousands and thousands of miles on onto... Uh, uh, onto their travel schedule. So, yeah, so tomorrow they're going to take on, tomorrow, which is today, I guess, you're listening today, hopefully, uh, they're going to be taking on uh, South Georgia Tormenta um, in, in uh, the second game of their away stretch here before coming home. And if you have a chance to watch, please make sure to check them out on ESPN+. Plus. All the League One games are going to be on, available on ESPN+, Plus, just as all the USL matches are. Yeah, it'll be uh it'll be a fun thing. They're going to play in the middle of the day tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern, so 11 o'clock start our time, right around that Champions League window. So um, if you're looking for, if you're used to that, you don't have to change your schedule too much. It'll be on ESPN Plus and possibly a chance to see Devin Vega for the first time in a competitive match this season. Um, interesting team news. Yesterday it was announced that Devin Vega is going down to FC Tucson effective immediately. Um, and then that resulted in Tucson dropping, uh, what was the guy's first name? Ord, right? Gilbert, Gilbert Ord. He was a, a very tall, very well-built center back, actually. So they dropped a center back 
Um, and we saw Gilbert Ord play in preseason for Phoenix, uh, and he he uh, performed fairly well. Uh, certainly wasn't going to perform well enough to to make the make the the top team, but uh, a little bit surprising that he's departed the team. Even more surprising, the team released uh, um, midfielder Moshi Perez. Their first ever professional signing uh, was announced as Moshi Perez. Their first ever release was Moshi Perez. So. Uh, very sorry to see him go. He has some uh, experience with FC Tucson at the PDL level, as well as a great collegiate career in Denver as well. Uh, so I, I really don't know where Moshi's going. I'm hoping he's coming over to my house for Passover, uh, which is coming up in a couple weeks, which I invited him to join uh, join my family. But Moshi's a, he's a great guy and a great player, and we saw, saw a lot of excellent play from him in the midfield, again, in the Phoenix Rising preseason. And now uh, he's no longer part of the family, which really bums me out. Yeah, you hate to see it, but uh, that's the business uh, at all levels of the USL. So that'll be a fun match today at 11 a.m. Uh, between two teams that won their first match. So, um, and I, I got to give our our uh, uh, our typical uh, you know um, our Ghost Rooney calendar uh fc arizona calendar as well uh so so if you want to check out a a different home match uh on saturday april 6th fc tucson does play the riverside chorus fc tucson is undefeated in league play at this point they're putting together actually a really nice season so uh whatever your feelings may be they're doing well you're talking about fc Arizona, right? FC Arizona. Did I say FC Tucson? Sure did. Sorry, my apologies. FC Arizona, uh, um, as well as FC Tucson, is it currently has an undefeated season. Uh, so you can see FC Arizona on Saturday, April 6th, against the Riverside Chorus at Mesa High School, 7 p.m. Uh, if you are not going to be attending the Fresno, uh, uh, Phoenix Rising in the Fresno match. Uh, yeah, I doubt it, but... <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, I have a feeling our listeners are, are, are uh, yeah, they put me on mute. But um, also mark your calendars. FC Tucson's home opener will be Saturday, April 13th against Toronto 2. Exciting chance to get three points there in a game that looks quite winnable. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to see, seeing De- Devin Vega get some really consistent playing time as well. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where all this goes. Um, and I, I'm really hoping to see some good things from Vega, especially now that Perez is gone. He, he I, I put it on on Twitter. He has the opportunity to be the man in Tucson, and um, really, for him, it's probably better for him to be the man than the sub. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, well, at this point, let's go to final thoughts. I know that there's a discussion that could be had about uh, the impact of loanees like John Beccaro on guys like Devin Vega. Uh, but we'll save that one for another episode. In the meantime, what are your closing thoughts? Uh, patience, patience, patience. All good things come in good time, and I think we have a lot of good things that are going to show up uh, against Fresno on Saturday. Yeah, I, I echo that sentiment. Um, if we play like we did last Saturday, we're going to be just fine this season. We're going to pick up points. We're going to pick up wins. We're going to finish that top three, top four range we need to be. And uh, it'll all be good when things are said and done. I mean, don't don't work up too much of a sweat over what happened on Saturday. It was a little unlucky. 
but that's how the game goes sometimes. I wouldn't worry about it now. I think the guys will be ready to put a hurting on Fresno, um, especially since our last match against them was that 4-0 drubbing over there. So look out for that. And I do want to mention one last thing for all of our listeners. Make sure to keep a listen out, uh, keep a lookout, and keep a listen out for Pundits with Pints. Uh, this is the new podcast that's going to be coming out that is a collaboration between the Rising is One podcast, Across the Pitch Pod, uh, the Air, uh, Arizona Soccer Radio, and the PRFC Fan Show. Uh, this, all, all of these groups, and Dominic represented us very well uh, on the Rising is One podcast. All these groups got together at Kevin Gates's house on Saturday night, uh, had a few more beers, had a few more laughs. Uh, it's a little bit less G-rated than you may be used to. Uh, but it's really good discussion. I uh, had a chance to listen to it uh, earlier today before it went up uh, or before it goes it goes live. And you're really going to get some fantastic views uh, from a very diverse, very well-educated, high soccer-minded uh, group of guys who don't take themselves too seriously. Uh, it's going to be a great listen. So please make sure to keep an eye out uh, for Pundits with Pints. Definitely. And uh, we will be tweeting out that link when it comes but in the meantime thank you so much for listening today um and we'll be back next week hopefully talking about our first victory of the season go rising go rising